Coming up on The Bridge, Hedda Beverud Olson, CEO and co-founder of Lassie, joins the show to talk about something that's near and dear to, I know, many of our listeners' hearts. They're part of our families. We're talking about our pets, specifically the pet insurance space, pet ownership. And then we go a little bit deeper into the pet insurance market and talk about Lassie's position, focusing on preventative veterinary practices. I complain about my chicken problems and why I feel like they should be insured, but they're not. How different cultures view pet ownership. And then Hedda's experience closing out a 23 million euro Series B from Balderton Capital and best practices to close out your round efficiently. And then we jam on the music space to round out the interview. Uh, love what Hedda and the team are doing. Our pets, again, like I said, are near and dear to so many of our hearts. So, all right, without further ado, let's get into the show. Get you. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin's state of mind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs. Assassin's state of mind. Assassin's state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin's state of mind. They say money over everything. Everything. Gation the game. Shopping for a wedding ring. Salary startups. Crypto stock exchange. Appreciate every penny. Pocket change. What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Justin Bandit, here at The Bridge Round, where every week we have exceptional founders on the show talking about their journeys, building their companies, taking them from zero to one. This week on the show, we all love our pets out there. So very excited for this episode. She is the CEO and co-founder of a company called Lassie, the first preventative pet insurance company. Hedda Beverud Olson, CEO and co-founder of Lassie. Welcome into The Bridge. Thank you so much. Super happy to be here. Yeah, grateful for you making the time. I know it's late. So I thought we could just open it up with the show. I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and then the founding story behind Lassie. Yeah, great. Yeah, I started Lassie after having spent a couple of years working first as a management consultant at McKinsey. Then I worked with investment for a company called BT Partners. Um, I kind of had this, I don't know, after business school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I thought, why not kind of join some really safe companies, build up a good CV and then figure out what I wanted to do. And I think it was a great kind of learning curve. You were obviously became very good at making slides and Excels and kind of working that analytical part of your brain. But I kind of felt like I was missing also working very creatively, working operationally, working more with people. So I always had this kind of dream to someday start my own business but for me it was also super important to I'm not the type of person who could just found the company because I see a gap in the market I really need to feel a passion for what I'm doing growing up with a mom that's a veterinary pets has always of course been a big part of my life always grown up with cats dogs horses but also that's how I got the idea for Lassie that since my mom is a veterinary I realized that when you work preventively with your pets you can actually avoid a lot of injuries. So my whole idea was to create something more than insurance, insurance with a twist, as I sometimes call it, because usually insurance companies come in when there's already a claim and help you, and that's great. But 
at last we also want to be there as part the part before and be a part of your everyday life and trying to help you prevent the injuries so that's really how it got started i had the idea i basically had no co-founders but i was just very passionate about the idea so i spent long and hard researching the idea i got many people who told me this is going to be impossible too hard to create an, you know an insurance business but i was very determined um eventually found the perfect co-founders to start with this with and i think that's probably the toughest part of the journey when i was alone after that things have been very going very not smoothly nothing ever runs smoothly but the kind of start to get that right was super important for me and super happy that i got i realized very early on that to build this you need an expert on the product side who has the knowledge about the insurance so we got sophie wilkinson on board who's been former head of health insurance at one of the large Nordic incumbents, and Johan Jönsson, who's been a full-stack developer for some Swedish startups like Spotify and King. And the three of us really complement each other, but still wants to create the same type of company and vision, which has really been key to our success so far. So I just want to know, what was the reason behind the name for naming it Lassie? So actually, I don't think I've said this officially before, but when I started working on on Lassie the the working name was Buster which I'm really glad we didn't go with that name <laughs> I knew a horse called Buster when I was young and I you know I don't know I thought it looked sounded cute but but then I was meeting lots of people and meeting potential co-founders and and then one of them that I met he just said you should call the business Lassie and at first I wasn't really sure but then the name stuck with me and and then we always thought that it might be hard. We might not be able to get any domain names. I don't know. We can't use Lassie. So we always thought, well, let's find a, find another name. But we never found something that we liked more. I don't know. I think the, the great thing about Lassie is just that it, you really associate it with pets from the start. Most people know that it's a dog and it's got very kind, friendly associations. And that's also how we want to be as a company. Lassie is kind of the helping dog who's trying to guide everyone. And that's also how we want to be the guiding force in the jungle of preventive wellness and help the pet owners. So I feel like it reflects very well with our cultures and values. Fun fact, which you didn't know, that Lassie was actually the first dog to get insured in the US, the movie dog Lassie. Wow, that's so, so that's also cool. got a connection so, to your insurance. Yeah, that's we didn't cool. know that. I, maybe I should have said that I knew this, but we actually didn't know this when we decided on the name. That's really cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. I think I, I mentioned this to you too. Our my first childhood dog, rest in peace, because that was that was a hard loss many years ago. But our first dog's name was Lassie, is a miniature yeah. collie, and she was the best. We also just fed her everything that she wanted. So we could have used the insurance <laughs> back in the day. preventive? No, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, very preventative when you eat a gallon of ice cream every night at dinner. So I'd love to talk about just the pet insurance market more broadly. And you alluded to this a little bit around preventative health and being there at the end to end. But how else does Lassie differ from services like Trupanion, Pet Health Nationwide? There's a lot of, obviously, incumbents in that space, but then also... As you look at it on a global market, I know you mentioned focusing on Sweden, but like more globally, I know you recently expanded into into Germany. So just trying to get a sense of like what does the global market look like for pet insurance? And then also I'd be just curious to see if you've seen any sort of differences in the relationships that different cultures have or different people or regions have with their pets as well. Yeah, that's a super interesting question. I think in general, 
Starting with how we differentiate, I think a lot of incumbents just provide insurance and great terms and conditions, probably pricing. But what we try to do is to really create kind of user-friendly and digital product. That is one. So we have the app where you can claim, you can talk to customers, support like between morning to late in the evening with one minute response time. So we know that it's, your pets usually don't get sick between nine to five. It's more evenings, weekends. So it's super important to be there for them. But in this app, we also have created, and this is what we mean with the preventive angle, we created a lot of courses, quizzes, videos, which is pretty much trying to put my mom in your phone and guiding you on how to take best care of your pet. So our customers use Lassie for more than pet insurance. So you are active in our app. It's an app who just is part of your daily life and teaches you on how to best take care of your pets, what's important to think about when it's time for vaccinations and so forth. Um, and you actually collect points when you do preventive things, which can, which can reduce your price. And now, very recently, we also launched an e-com, which means that we also will guide you on what products to buy. Um, so we're creating more of an ecosystem around the preventive pet health rather than just the core insurance. So for same price or less, dependent on age and breed, we just offer more value. So you will get additional service with us for the same cost. So I think we definitely, we're live now in Sweden and Germany, as you mentioned. It's definitely very diff- big difference between Sweden and Germany, for example. Sweden has been the earliest market and the most mature market when it comes to pet insurance. We've seen our pets as family members for a very, very long time. And the vet system has also been quite advanced, which means that usually you can treat cancer or more expensive diseases, which leads to more pet insurance. So here, 90% of dogs are insured and 50 to 60% of cats, whereas in Germany, it's only 10% that are insured. In the US, it's 2 to 3% that are getting insured. But we're seeing more and more millennials, younger people getting pets, seeing them as family members. And then, of course, you want to be able to save your pet if they get big and expensive disease like cancer before in some cultures, in some regions, if the cost of the veterinary expenses exceeded the market price for a similar dog, you would instead maybe put your dog to sleep and get a new dog. But now as you start seeing your pet's family members, it's, you want to save your dog. You don't. But then it's also very nice to feel like if something really, really bad would happen that I can't afford, I have my insurance. For Lassie's coverage, is there specific types of pets just as more context here, we are big animal people in our family, in this family. So I mentioned we've got a dog, we've got two cats, we've got four chickens, and then actually two horses. So it's like a farm here at the the Van de Hey household. I love it. <laughs> but we only have insurance on we have pet insurance, but on the cats, the dog, and the horses. But the chickens, which everybody now is in love with these silky chickens, are not covered. And so we got these chickens for, I think it was like 25 cents a piece. Super super inexpensive to get chickens and then also to get eggs from these chickens, which they haven't started producing eggs. But we found out that one of our chickens had an impacted crop. And so I took the chicken in 
I've learned more about bird veterinary practices and also bird people are very different types of people. Like I went into the vet and listening to people talk about birds, but there was sort of this conversation where I was like, yeah, this bird has an impacted crop. It's going to cost, I think it was $1,200. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I paid 25 cents for this chicken and I'm going to pay $1,200 to have this surgery. And there was a moment where I thought, okay, maybe we just grill this guy and we call it a day, but the rest of my family would have been mortified and probably removed me from the family. But are there specific breeds or where does the Lassie coverage stop? Yeah, good question. So we started with cats and dogs right now, but we have in both Sweden and Germany, those are definitely the biggest markets, but definitely don't rule out in the future to add other animal types as well but for now only cats and dogs got it shifting gears a little bit first congratulations on the series b from belt bellerton that's awesome um thank you i just wanted to hear a little bit more about what the process was like closing out the the series b yeah no it was super fun uh, that it became bellerton in the end because i actually looked through my inbox and my calendar a few days ago and i realized i had the first meeting with one of them already in December 2020. And then the second team member who was part of the DTM in March 2021. So definitely been a long-term relation that's been growing over the past couple of years, which is, I think, hugely advantageous because you get to know each other and you create kind of relationship. They can follow the business and see also that I've said that I was going to deliver this and that I have delivered this, which gives a lot of credit to the future business plan that you present now in the Series B fundraising. And I think that also made the process very smoothly because it always takes a bit of time for an investor, I guess, if they never looked at an insure tech business before to get into the metrics and understand how, I don't know, pricing or the product works. So definitely an advantage to have investors looking at it that have other insure tech businesses or pet insurance or have looked at the industry before. So I think we started raising money in September-ish and got the term sheet in beginning of October and then did the legal and financial DD, which was very smooth and very, very easy process. But we also prepped a lot for it. So we had our data rooms and pitch decks and stuff ready. We had also done kind of checks before the summer with what type of metrics are investors looking for? Are we ready to go into fundraising? Do we have the growth that is required or do we have the payback time? So it's always good to do your due diligence a bit on what metrics are important. Now, maybe cash burn kind of payback times are more important than before. Before it was maybe only growth. So it's always good to get a sense of if you're ready to start fundraising, because I think it's really important when you go into fundraising to have really good numbers and have good momentum. I feel like that's such an important point, first of all, that that you, you nailed, which is it takes time to invest in the relationships to really earn trust both ways. So you understand who you're dealing with. Yeah. And then the other piece I think that you really nailed, which is making sure that you're prepped and ready to go out so that you're not perpetually just out there. You're constantly trying to raise, but not trying to raise, I guess, and you're fully ready and you know when the right point is. But it sounds like you did a lot of the prep work to make sure that you were ready before you went out to raise, which is also really key. I think it's also good to communicate a timeline that we expect we want term sheets around this date because then they can work backwards on how fast they need to run and decide pretty early on, do we want to spend time on this? Because then we need to start 
working now, otherwise we might lose the deal as well. Because if you don't give a timeline, the timeline can become very stretched and no one makes the first move and you never get term sheets. So I think it's important yeah. to also set expectations. So I, I really love the focus on the preventative care model and how you've thought about extending the value of the service over the lifetime of, of pet ownership. I think that's a really huge differentiator. On the back of the Series B, I'd just love to hear from you on what is next for Lassie? Like, what does the team look like a year from now and where you see things going? So I think now that we have raised Series B, the three core things that we want to do is really to build out the preventive angle and the ecosystem part, where I think I alluded to that we already launched kind of a beta version of our e-com. So really looking to integrate that more with providing more values to the same users as well as also expanding internationally to go to more countries. And of course, that will lead to team growth, but that also alludes to the third goal, which is really to continue on the tech optimizations that we have worked on a lot. We deliberately try to keep our team very lean and efficient. We're only 30 people today, where some similar sizes of companies with similar ARRs are 60 or 70 people. So we really built into our model that kind of optimizations with AI to look at the claims and customer success areas to make it super efficient and also hire the right people and maybe more senior people. Even that going into new countries and expanding the model, definitely see ourselves triple in size the next three years. So really looking forward to that journey and taking Lassi to more countries, but also to a larger team. Okay, rounding it out, I know we're coming to the end of the time. I noticed I was creeping on your LinkedIn profile before that you worked in the music business for a little bit. And this is not pet insurance related at all, but I, I saw you were at Universal and EMI. I was at Atlantic Records and Sony Music. What was the catalyst for being in the music space? For me, it was the classical thing that you love music, but you're tone deaf. <laughs> so, so if I would have any talent, I would probably try to pursue some type of music career. I don't know, but I love music. It was such a big passion of mine. I realized very early on that this wasn't by calling. And sometimes you have to be true to yourself that I can't sing and I'm tone deaf. So that's how many people, I don't know how it was for you, but got the music industry that you have a, a feeling for it. You have a talent for it, but you actually can't produce it or do it yourself. So I realized that I was more business savvy, good on the business side. So I actually went into the music industry before going to business school and really loved the fast pace, was really creative, a little bit like running a startup. But it was also at the time when more digital streaming services came into place. So the business model was changing, which was super exciting. The one thing I missed at that time it wasn't very data-driven in the music industry, might be now. So I really felt like I didn't want to miss a chance of going to business school when I missed that analytical part. There I really got the creative and operational side. Then going more on the kind of consulting investment side, really got the analytical side. And now running a startup, I finally feel like I can combine those different left-right sides of the brain and do both. Well, Hedda, I again... Super appreciative of the time. Just love what y'all are doing. I'm a big believer in this concept. Currently, I have a boxer who's three years old and he swallowed four tennis balls a couple of weeks oh. ago. So he had to have surgery. And so 
having either the option to pay $13,000 or have support and coverage is critical, especially. I just also want to know what went through his mind after he ate the first ball. Like he was like, you know what, we're going to eat the next three. Like you can't predict these things. So no. the fact that you've got a preventative approach, you can't necessarily solve stupidity in some of these beautiful creatures, but you try the best you can, I guess. But yeah. I just love what y'all are doing. Thank you so much. But we'll keep in touch for sure. And uh, we'll have to have you back on the show here in not too long. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, that is a wrap. Again, shout out to Hedda and the entire team over at Lassie. Also, shout out to the Portland Veterinary Clinic that removed all those tennis balls from uh, from Lennox's stomach. Appreciate you. <laughs> and if anyone has any recommendations on insurance plans for chickens, please email me directly, justin at thebridgeround.com. But again, grateful for Hedda's time and uh, yeah, excited to see where they take the company next. This week, we've got one more interview to round out 2023. Can't believe it's already the end of 2023. It's been an awesome year. Just again, incredibly grateful for the listeners that have wrote in, suggested guests, made time to listen to the show. Uh, It's been, yeah, just an awesome year and learned a lot in producing this and connecting with a lot of really, really great people. So grateful for you all. And we're going to round it out with a very special founder that I've looked up to for quite some time. This is her second go at building a really meaningful company. You're going to want to tune into that. Uh, I will be off the last week of the year to spend some time with family, but again, Uh, Just appreciative for all the listeners and excited for what's to come here in the upcoming year. So in the meantime, I hope everyone has a chance to rest, recover, spend time with family. But in 2024, getting back at it, keep hustling, keep grinding, keep getting that money. See them dollar signs, hustle, grind. Assassin's state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind, assassin state of mind, hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line, assassin state of mind. They say money over everything, everything.